This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. Hi, my name is Ralph Garcia, and you're listening to That's Food. That's Food is a podcast from CJSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station, handmade with love by University of Alberta students, telling the backstory to food in Edmonton, one meal at a time. Today's episode is called, Will It Grow? That is the question. I'm going to see which of my favorite kinds of fruits can survive growing in the harsh climate of Edmonton. For at least the three months of November, December, and January, Edmonton is in a state of winter, and a lot of the time, the season likes to overstay its welcome by coming earlier or going later. I've had to walk outside in temperatures of negative 35 degrees Celsius, and I had a bad time, to say the least. I can't imagine that a poor fruit without the luxury of a winter jacket like I had would fare any better. Fruits that grow fast and or are resilient to the cold temperatures are going to be the ones that come out alive. This might not be a learning experience for you listening right now, but as for myself, I'm not too familiar with gardening, so I have a feeling that I'm going to be picking up a lot of new things through my research. I'm going to be looking at five different kinds of fruits in this episode. I'm not going to be picking fruits that would only grow in tropical areas like dragon fruit or coconuts. I'll be picking fruits that I think most people in Edmonton would be familiar with. So let's begin. first fruit I want to talk about is the apple. Truly a timeless classic. This is one of my favorite fruits and it's become a staple in my diet during recent years when I started to eat healthier. I really like Honeycrisp apples because they have a sweet but tart taste. Compared to other apples, they do cost more and apparently this is because they're much harder to get on the shelves. According to this source, Cooking Light, they require more attention than other apple varieties because flaws in their trees can cause calcium deficits and their skin makes them vulnerable to sunburn. Once they make it to the ripening stage, the stems have to be delicately removed and then stored at a mild temperature for about 5-10 to days after being sold. After reading this, I've pretty much lost all hope for growing Honeycrisp apples in Edmonton, but I'll settle for other kinds. The Salisbury Greenhouse in Sherwood Park recommends the Goodland, an apple with a slightly acidic taste, and the Norlands, which have a sweet taste. These types of apple are tougher than the Honeycrisp. To grow, they need to be kept in the sun, They need a good amount of horizontal room, rich soil, and bees to cross-pollinate them so that the trees can bear fruit. This means that growing the Goodland and the Norlands apples complement each other very well in a harsh climate like Edmonton. The second fruit I wanted to look at are great in bunches. Grapes. This is another one of my personal favorites because it's probably the best fruit to snack on. You don't need to cut them up because they already come in bite-sized pieces. Now when it comes to grapes, the only different kinds I know are between green or purple ones and smaller or larger ones. They usually don't taste too different to me, so I'm not too picky as to what kind of grapes to grow. I found a blog called Avenue Homesteader that talks about gardening in Edmonton, and there was an article on growing grapes. Typically, they'll require about 3-4 to years before they produce anything worth harvesting, so you'll need to be patient if you want to grow grapes here. 
A spot that gets a lot of sunlight from the south, but that is protected from the wind, is crucial to their thriving. To encourage fruit production, keep the vines pruned at about 4 feet high. Additionally, a Q&A article from the Edmonton Journal says that the vines should be slowly uncovered in the spring, taking about 7 to 10 days so that they don't die. They recommend the Valiant and the Variety Beta, which are tougher kinds of grapes, good for surviving the long Edmonton winter. The third fruit I'm going to talk about is the strawberry. I don't like them as much as apples or grapes, but they're still pretty good. I also don't know much about the different kinds, so I did a quick Google search to see if there are any big differences between them. The images showed me that they could have different shapes and slightly different shades of red, which didn't really surprise me. What did surprise me was a site I found called Strawberry Plants, which had a very detailed article about the different strawberry varieties. Their plants can be June-bearing, ever-bearing, or day-neutral. This basically tells us when strawberry plants produce harvests. June-bearing is in June, which is self-explanatory. Everbearing happens twice per year, once in the spring, and another time in the late summer or fall. Day neutral produces a good yield in the first year they're planted, but produces smaller strawberries than June bearing and everbearing plants. This was all very good information, and now I just needed to know more about the specifics of planting them. I found a different source, closer to home, about how to grow strawberries in Alberta from Wallace Greenhouses in Sherwood Park. Strawberries need a spot with a lot of sun, away from trees and shrubs, and with rich soil. They shouldn't be planted near tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, and some other fruits and vegetables because they tend to share common diseases. Picking which strawberry to grow comes down to personal preference, timing of the season, and how much space there is in the garden. Everbearing and day-neutral strawberries are good with limited space because their roots don't extend as far, while June-bearing strawberries will give you larger berries. fourth fruit is something that wouldn't look out of place in a jungle. Bananas can be grown in Canada, even Alberta, which came as a huge surprise to me. One of the first search results I found was a news article about a family in Red Deer enjoying homegrown bananas, which means that this should be doable in Edmonton too. But since the Canadian winter isn't exactly the ideal growing conditions for a fruit usually seen in far off rainforests, we need to use a couple tricks to grow them here. According to the Green Barn Farm, which is a great name by the way, bananas need two Canadian growing seasons to make up for the fact that they won't be getting constant sunlight and warmth. One way they recommend doing this is to move them indoors in the fall, and then bringing them back outside in the spring. Keeping the banana tree in a pot can help. Cavendish bananas are particularly good to grow in this way, because they're smaller, which makes them easier to move, and quicker to bear fruit. Another source, Arts Nursery, takes a different approach. Instead of moving the banana tree, they leave it outside, but they winterproof them in a couple different ways. They cut back the plant within one to two feet of the ground before a hard frost settles, and apply a two to three inch protective layer of mulch around the base of the plant. Finally, they surround the plant with burlap or straw, and then surround that with plastic. This prevents water, snow, and ice from getting into the middle of the plant. The Musabashu banana, and I really hope I said that right, is another kind that can be planted instead of the Cavendish bananas because they're more resilient too. 
Whichever way you want to grow bananas in Edmonton, I'm sure either approach will be a unique experience. The fifth and final fruit is the cherry on top. Literally. When you think of hardy and resilient fruits, cherries might not be the first thing to come to mind, or at all. Jim Hole, a well-known gardening expert, wrote in the Edmonton Journal about growing cherries on the prairies. There are two broad categories of cherry, sweet and sour. Sour cherries are used mostly in baked goods, while sweet cherries are eaten by themselves. The sour cherries are actually the result of crossing sweet cherries with Mongolian cherries thousands of years ago. Thanks to its genes, the modern sour cherry can endure cold temperatures that the sweet cherry can't. Breeding work done at the University of Saskatchewan also ensures that there are varieties of sour cherries that don't take up a lot of space while still yielding a lot of fruit. They'll need plenty of sunlight and good soil, like the other fruits, but they self-pollinate, which means that they don't need the help of bees to yield fruit. However, bees can increase the yield of cherries significantly. And if you want to reduce the sour taste, wait until the cherries on the bush really deepen in color so that the sugars reduce the tartness of the fruit. Today's snack fact is about apples, sourced from Ontario apple growers. During the California gold rush, apples sometimes fetched more than $100 a bushel because of their versatility, durability, and capacity to be preserved by drying. Now, if we were to adjust this by inflation and convert it to Canadian dollars, it would be a lot of money and a lot of math to do. And that's it for this episode of That's Food, which is produced by yours truly, Ralph Garcia. Our music is by Doug Hoyer and other royalty-free sources. Check the description for more information. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our website, thatsfood.transistor.fm. You can email us at thatsfood at cjsr.com. We are That's Food CJSR on Facebook and Instagram. That's Food is produced at CJSR in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. Thanks for listening.